Welcome to Empower, Uplift, and Transform podcast. I'm so excited to welcome Tamika Shilby Cole, an MSW RSW therapist in private practice, award-winning social worker, counselor, emotion code practitioner, and meditation teacher trainer. She is the author of the number one best-selling book, Truthix, everything you need to know about speaking and living your truth. She's a former university faculty, college instructor, school social worker, and co-founder of David Tree Wellness. Tamika has explored the ethics of truth-telling with students from around the world. She has created and facilitated numerous trainings and programs certifying hundreds of yoga and wellness leaders. Her mission is to empower people to trust their voice, speak their truth, and create more clarity, power, and freedom in their lives. This is going to be such a phenomenal episode. Tamika is a friend and mentor of mine for many years, and I can't wait to share with you this interview where she gets to talk about her new book, Truth Aches. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to Empower, Uplift, and Transform podcast. I'm your host, Misty Lucas, and I'm a coach who's passionate about working with women who are chronically stressed, continuously feeling unseen, and are playing small in their lives. My intention, my goal is to help women move from just living to thriving in their lives. This podcast is an opportunity to invite you into my world to share my experiences, all the while interviewing some pretty inspiring women. My experiences with a health crisis back in 2011 brought me to a place where I was able to completely shift my perception about how I thought life was meant to be. And it created opportunities for me to see how I was not showing up in the world and sharing my own gifts. I can't wait for you to dive in, listen, and hopefully find a nugget to inspire you to start your own unraveling and change your life to create a life that you deserve and one that you can't wait to start living. Okay, guys, this is a really special week and I am hosting this in between the boundary talk. So I'm super excited to welcome my friend, my mentor, Tamika Shelby Cole, and we've been having some giggles and a lot of fun even just trying to start this interview. So I know it's going to be so much fun for all of you to listen to. And I just, I'm excited to talk about her new book. And so let's just jump right in and welcome Tamika. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. You're doing so much amazing work in the world, and it's just a pleasure and an honor. Thank you, Tamika. And I just, I'm excited to catch up with you a little bit. It's been a while, and I know you're back in Ontario and doing some amazing things. So let's just dive right in. And how about we give the listeners a little bit of background about you and how the book came into being? Well, oh, this is a great juicy story. I think I, from a very young age, I felt, and maybe some of your listeners will feel this too. I felt like things in the world weren't totally honest. And there was a few situations, some of them I write about in the book, but it seemed to me that people were not always telling the truth. And I was confused by that as a child. So I think that unbeknownst to me, really started this work from a young age. So 
And then also, so that inner truth detector was pretty strong, but moving forward, as I got older, I would also use honesty as a tool when I was stuck with something. So, you know, I would get honest with a counselor and like pour out my heart and really get vulnerable and, and, and speak my truth. But I would also um, play with doing that with friends and with people in authority, if they were hurtful to someone or to me. But as much as I stepped forward in my truth and spoke my truth where I could, I also made tons of mistakes. And I think that also informs the book because none of us speak our truth or live our truth perfectly. You know, I've, I've been the chameleon where, how, who do you want me to be? And I'll be that person for you to make other people more comfortable. I think, you know, many, many empathic folks do that a lot. Um, I've also said the wrong things. I've said things in the wrong way. I've held back my truth until it came out in anger. And that's what happens when we hold back our truth. Sometimes it does blast out in a different way, depending on the person. And I've also said too much sometimes. So I think all these things, like being a young kid and seeing that there was something kind of off with the world, then working with speaking my truth in my in my adult life, and then also making mistakes. Really, all those things brought me to um, write the book. And I actually, as a therapist, what I noticed in my office that people would come to me with so many different things that they needed to say to people that they couldn't say. And so that is kind of heartbreaking to witness that when people could move forward in their lives in places that they're stuck, but they can't speak what's happening for them. They can't speak their truth in a, in an important relationship. And so I would constantly tell people over the years, um, what about speaking your truth? What about telling the truth? What about telling this person how you really feel? And often people would glaze over. But when I started using the word truth aches and telling people, you actually have a truth ache, something clicked for them. I think it's almost like, oh, I have this diagnosis. Maybe it felt a little bit like that. Or maybe they felt like, oh, this is actually making me ache because I'm not speaking. And so having used that for a while, I actually was encouraged by author Jeff Brown to use his word truth aches as the title to my book because I'd been using it in my practice. So that's some of my story about how I came to write the book. Yeah, that, and I know you talk a little bit about it in the book, Truth Aches, and what I love is how you give permission that maybe we haven't all done it so gracefully, because I know sometimes when I speak my truth, it comes out in not anger, but like almost righteousness sometimes, and um, I think you share a story in the book about an uh, exploration you did when you first about being vegan. And, and it's just, it just made me smile. Cause I'm like, Oh, I can relate to that. I can relate to, to, to sort of staunchly pressing my truth out into the world and not necessarily in the most graceful way. So it really helped open up my idea, my eyes into how sometimes maybe I'm not so graceful with my, my truth giving or speaking my truth. Um, so I just love your honesty and your vulnerability in the book and total, total um, transparency group. I have not finished the book uh, because there's 
interesting work inside the book. So I'm doing that as I move along. So, but I've started it and it's already so inspiring. So I'm really excited for anyone to, to grab it. But you do talk in the book about truth aches for those who haven't read it. And you just explained really what that means and that there are positive and negative. So can you touch on that just to sort of give them an idea of what that means? Yeah. So in its essence, really a truth ache is something we hide that hurts us or hurts others. Sometimes we don't even know we're hurting others by holding back our truth. Um, Positive and negative truth aches. Well, at their essence, I will say in the background, all truth aches are actually positive because they, that ache is actually pushing us to expansion. So in the background, you know, sort of the foundation of a truth ache is it's looking to and seeking for us growth. It wants us to move into the next evolution of who we are. So it loves us. So in that sort of way, they don't feel great when they're happening, but they actually love us, adore us, and are pushing us to the next level of expansion. But in terms of the specifics of a truth ache, yeah, there can be negative things that we're holding back or things that we obviously are difficult. That's why we're not saying them. But there can also be positive things that we hold back, like saying to someone, you mean the world to me, or I never told you what an impact your teachings had on me back in the day. I've heard so many students say that about like even grade school teachers that they've had. I never told you how much you changed my life by just listening to me when I was having bad days. Those kinds of things. Also, um, sometimes that feels vulnerable for, for certain people. It can feel um, it can feel a little bit awkward to tell someone that um, that that they really shaped your life, and it, it can make people feel vulnerable. So that would be kind of a positive truth. Ache. It's something good you want to say, but you can't say it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see um, because I know sometimes with the positive, I, I sometimes people, well, from my experience, like I can only speak from the eye as you have so amazingly taught me um, and reminded me when I was going through my trainings with you. But the reality is sometimes it feels so vulnerable to say that because there's this fear of rejection that they might look at me like, what are you talking about? And so it's, I've, I've often done not said it, getting better, work in progress, practice is how I like to look at it. Um, but it's that fear of being rejected or seen as, you know, awkward. I don't know. It's this weird, it's a fear. It's a fear that I had carried. And so I can totally relate to that when you share that from that perspective. Um, and so I'm just curious what you would say, like where, And I don't even know if this is the right question or forms the right question, or maybe you'll understand, like, where would you say a truth ache comes from? Um, Yeah, a a truth ache really is built, truth aches are really built into our culture. I think they, the fact that we aren't open and honest with one another, I think there are certain cultures that have been more honest and open with, with each other, with the communities that they're in. And certainly some families are more open and honest with one another than other families are. And that's not a judgment. We all land where we land in family. But where do truth aches come from? I think they're built into the culture um, because we don't ever learn the skills of how to communicate with people around the difficult stuff. We learn a lot in school, but this 
this isn't taught to us. So we don't know how to manage, like even something like a confrontation, we don't know how to manage that. And the sad thing about that is that if we don't know how to manage that, those things always grow. Because if you think about someone who says, I avoid, I don't like confrontation or I avoid conflict, that person is Um, basically saying that they can't speak their truth and they can't speak up for themselves. Of course, I don't like conflict either. And I've avoided confrontation many times. So I mean, we're in good company, all of us together. But really, a confrontation is um, that word has actually been sort of shifted over the years. And it has been, I would say, kind of like almost, um, it's been made ugly. The word confront actually dates back to the 1500s, and it used to be defined as to stand in front of. So that's why it has front on it. So if you notice that sometimes when people are upset with someone, they go to all the people around them instead of the person that really needs to hear it. And so when we confront someone, we actually put the information in front of them. And it also comes from the Latin confrontare, which used to mean assign limits and calm used to mean together. So in a certain kind of way, when we confront someone, we assign limits together. And it wasn't until like the late 1600s that confront evolved into something that was almost like defiant or aggressive or hostile. So I think it's built into the culture. I think that's where they come our truth aches come from. They come from the media that isn't quite often honest. You know, advertising is obviously has a goal to get us to buy things. So things can be distorted. And we also, as kids, get a lot of mixed messages about honesty. We watch people be dishonest, but then we also hear our parents tell us, you have to be honest, you have to be honest, you have to be honest. So I think it's, it's a mixed bag of things. Yeah. And so I, and as you explain that, which is so interesting, and I love how you went into the meaning of confrontation and where that word comes from. I love to do that type of thing to look at where things sort of evolved from, but it makes me sort of think about how it could be really difficult for someone to even maybe recognize that they have a truth ache, that that's what is going on because we're so deep, it's so deeply ingrained in our culture in the society that we're in, like with social media and all of that. So I'm curious as what do you think would be the best way to sort of get started on noticing if you have a true fake? Like what sort of signs would they look for or be aware of? Well, that would be one sign if you're that person that always says, and a lot of people say out loud, like I avoid confrontation and I I don't like conflict. If you're saying those things, you are probably avoiding opportunities for intimacy. So that would be one of the first things I would actually say that you probably have a few truth aches, just like the rest of the world. There's nothing wrong with you. If you feel that way, maybe you were a peacekeeper in your family and trying to keep things really stable in your family. And that's a beautiful and important role. But unfortunately, usually as we get older, that there are problems with that role too of peacekeeping. So I would say that's one of the things. Um, Also, 
I have a downloadable free um, truth X quiz. It's in the book. So if you have the book, it's in the first chapter of the book, but that shows folks all of the areas of different places that we can get truth aches in. And so looking at that, you can get a sense of, oh, I'm really not speaking my truth in this area of my life or this area of my life. For some folks, they don't speak it with their intimate partner. For some folks, they can be really honest at work, but they can't be honest with their parents. Or even some folks really want to protect their children but there may be some things that they're not telling their children that they could be telling their children and just cleansing sort of the energy of uh, falsity in the home. So that quiz does a lot to help people know when and where they might have truth aches. And so if they don't have the book yet, where uh, the quiz is on your website, is that because I'll put all of that into the show notes so that people can find you. Yes, it is under the books tab on my website at truthaches.com. Perfect. So I'll make sure that that's listed so people can, who doesn't love a good quiz? Who doesn't love to (laughs) (laughs) dive in and do a good quiz to see what's going on, right? I love those. Um, Do you think, do you have any, I know, so definitely I know the book is full of tools, but is there anything in particular you could share today to our listeners about a tool to help clearing a truth ache or just to start examining it? Yes, definitely. So one thing is to notice a lump in your throat. So this is the throat chakra for those people that are interested in sort of yoga philosophy and energy philosophy. So the throat area, some people will say, I, I get, I've got a lump in my throat or I get a lump in my throat. And what that actually is, is information from the heart that wants to rise and come out your mouth, but it gets stuck in the throat. And sometimes it can also just be when you're very emotional and you need to cry. So it's a different kind of release, but often it's also that we need to speak. So I think it's very interesting how the throat and the heart need to work together to speak our truth. And that's why... I think speaking our truth is an art form too. It's really a beautiful dance of knowing the right words to say at the right time and nobody does it perfectly. It can be very difficult. And I think that speaking our truth with the right tools, we can do it very generously, very kindly with tons of compassion and um, and just really sacredness, both for ourselves and for the other people that we work with. Another tool would be to start with small things. So let's say when people ask you how you are, you always say good or fine. It's a very small refinement, but start to be honest with people about how you really are. Fine really says nothing. It doesn't give any information about anything. And so I think sometimes we don't even know how we are because we're so busy in our culture and we're just moving from thing to thing and checking in and saying, yeah, how actually, how am I? Now, of course, you're not going to do that with every single person you meet on the street, but you can do that to the people that you trust and that you care about. And you can dig a little deeper and say, you know what? I was off this morning, but I think I'm feeling more steady now. But this morning I was a little bit off where you just refine it and get a little bit more specific about how you feel. I think that's a big one. And 
Checking in on how you feel is also a really good technique for people that don't trust their truth. So I I hear this often from people that will say, I can't speak my truth. I don't even know what my truth is. And so for those folks, I think it's all about checking in how we feel and knowing how we feel in a given situation, because that is the sort of the, the key to knowing what your truth is, is how you feel. And I do have to say one more thing too about truth aches before um, moving on is that speaking our truth is not speaking our mind or our opinion from it. Sometimes it does blend into that category, but the book is really written for us to work on speaking our truth in our intimate relationships and getting honest in the places that we need to grow connection It's not about, I need to tell everyone what I think. And I think that's a very different conversation than uh, what the truth aches work is really about at its essence. Thank you for, for clarifying that and and putting that out there. Cause I, it, it, there, it is a big difference. Like once you get into the book, you can really see the work that can be done. Like for me, I think I was in maybe to chapter three, not even. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's some work I need to be doing. And and it's good, right? I'm all about doing the work. So um, yeah, it, and it, it's not about me speaking my mind, but it is about how I'm feeling about something and and navigating that. And, and for me, it's creating the courage to speak because that's still a little, it's still it's scary. It's scary. Like with the work, doing the work from your book and, and taking the time to figure out what my truth is and to be able to find ways to speak it. But I feel really supported with it. So thank you for clarifying that. Cause yeah, I, I used to be that person who'd love to speak her mind and say <laughs> whatever was there. And now it's, it's like, hmm, check in, right. Check in. And I just would love for you to go back to that a little. When you said that, People have said to you, I don't even know what my truth is. I really feel that that's resonant in a lot of people. And even to that part of, um, I just did a, a talk with some Alberta teachers and a lot of the like a comment that came in was, I don't even know who I am, like what my needs are. And so if you could talk a little bit about what you mean by checking in with yourself. That would be great. Yeah. Well, we call it the feelings movie of the day. So it's sort of like at the end of the day, reviewing, okay, I had this situation and I felt this way. And then I had this situation and I felt this way. If you ever want something to do instead of counting sheep before you go to sleep, think about the movie of your day and review it as though you're skimming through all the things that you did in the day, but then add the feeling element in. And I think what that does is helps people check in with how they actually felt in the day. And that can be such a healing experience. It's almost like having your little tiny mini therapist to say, oh, and you're hearing yourself review what happened in the day. Because here's, uh, because here's the thing about people that don't even know who they are. Usually that's folks that have dedicated their lives to other people's needs. And that is such a beautiful thing. That is not a negative thing, but it does become a negative thing when our own needs. And I know you work with a lot of women and people that are need to be looking after themselves, maybe because of health challenges or many different things. 
But there comes a time in life when if we've been operating that way, we have no choice. We have to make sure that we are looking after ourselves because, you know, it's put on the the mask first, put on your mask before you help somebody else. It's kind of like that, that theory. But I think also with people that are really empathic is they do something that in counseling we call tracking. So they can walk into a room and track everybody and they get very good at like that person needs this. That person would feel more comfortable if I was like this. This person needs me to be like this. And it it becomes a way of living that's really about other people. And so we can ignore the jewel inside of ourself that needs attention, which is our, our heart's calling, our desires, our needs. And so it's always a balance between honoring ourselves and honoring others too. And I think the folks that say, I don't even know who I am, quite often those people have done a lot of giving in their lives. Yeah. And, and that that's how they identify themselves, right? Like that from my, the people that I work with, it's that they don't, they, when I, when we start talking that they don't know who they are because they're so used to who they are for other people and not themselves. So it's very, it's interesting right? When we get into that. And um, so when you said that, that sort of came in for me. That's what sort of brought it came to, to mind. So thank you. And just as you're doing your feelings, I love that the feelings movie. <laughs> um, and it's because you're slowing down, especially if you're in bed, right? Like starting to slow down and you're just present with yourself. It'd be, that's such a beautiful way to check in and notice and notice how you were feeling. It's like, I love to go into the body. Like, how does your body feel? Because sometimes people are even disconnected from their emotions. It's like, well, what sensations are in the body? Do you feel contracted? Did you feel contracted? Did you? So really sometimes for me, working with people, it's like start in your body and notice what's going on in the body. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, that's a beautiful, that's such an important practice too, is noticing where you, even if you can even take the feet, you can even take the feelings movie to the next level and think about how all of those sensations might have felt in your body. It's it's better to do it in the moment when you're feeling it, but you can definitely add that element too to the feelings movie of the day. So we talked about where people can find your book. Now they can get it on your website and is there anywhere else that they can get your book? Yeah, I think they can get it anywhere um, that people get books. It's new. So you if it's a local, small local bookstore, you may need to get order it in, but people can order it in. And I think you can get it pretty much anywhere that you get books. Yes. And it's on Amazon. Like, yeah, it's everywhere. So it's uh, definitely highly recommend get your copy. And I also wondering, Tamika, how else can people work with you, connect with you? What else is going on in your world? Yeah, we've got lots of, I have tons of free things on my website. So I invite people to come. I have a call to practice and a call to presence journey that's 42 days long. It's little tiny messages, nothing that takes too long for people to digest. And also some little videos 
for uh, 21 days too. So that's all free on my website. So that's one way. Um, also, we have courses and trainings through Davitree or on my website. You can find those. One of the things that we're doing upcoming is our meditation teacher training. And I'm so excited about that because it's one of my favorite trainings, actually if not my favorite training. And uh, so we can, we are certifying people to become meditation teachers and that can be yogis or you cannot be practicing yoga. You don't have to have any yoga experience to take those trainings. So those, that would be something that people could do. And I also do energy work through the emotion code and also I'm a therapist. So lots of different ways people can connect depending on what they need. Amazing. And so just with your meditation course, is it in person? Is it online? Just to give people some information if they're interested. It is an online program, but we do have two practice events that people can join in on Zoom with us for. And uh, those will also be recorded. So folks can move through the course at their own pace and they can also have a practice with the group on a couple of different occasions throughout that program. And is registration open all the time or is it only a limited time? Registration actually closes on March 3rd. Okay. Okay. Exciting. And so I will make sure that the link is also in the show notes so that people can check that out and, uh, and learn more about it and join you guys in your meditation course. That's exciting. Well, I am so excited about, I am so excited about everything you're doing and just what you're sharing with the world is so, so important. And I know you come at everything from a very holistic perspective. And I think that it's what we need going forward. We need a multidimensional experience to dealing with all of these issues, speaking our truth, dealing with health stuff, setting boundaries, all the wonderful things. So thank you for your work too, Misty. Oh, thank you, Tamika. It's been such a delight and honor to have you here and so nice to reconnect with you. And, uh, and it's just been wonderful. So everyone, please go get her book. It's amazing or connect with her directly. I have done her quiz and she's got amazing free stuff. So don't miss out. Thank you, Tamika. Thank you, Misty. Do you celebrate all the wins in your life, no matter how big or small? I know I sure do. And so in this moment, I'm celebrating you for finishing another podcast episode and soaking up new ways to empower, transform, and uplift your life. Want to grab the show notes and all the links talked about in today's podcast? Well, you're going to find those in the episode's description, along with a link to join my Facebook community, Supporting Resilient Women. In this group, I share even more insight, tips, and tools to live your best life. Until we meet again, my friend, and to your dreams.